This is Ride It Out, the LBS Community Podcast. I'm your host, Catherine Laren. Each week, founders, startup enthusiasts, and investors share their sector insights as well as career advice. The Ride It Out podcast is supported by the Intro, the dating app for busy professionals. When you match with members of the Intro, you don't chat. Instead, you schedule a video date. It's the simplest and most efficient way to date. Give it a go today by downloading the Intro app. And this week we're focusing on restaurant tech. I am super excited to be joined by Chris Moise, founder and CEO of Tenzo. Welcome, Chris. Thank you for having me, Catherine. Absolute pleasure. Now, a brief background on Chris. He's a serial entrepreneur and previously founded and ran Hummus Brothers, which actually pioneered the concept of the Hummus Bowl. I actually remember eating there fairly frequently during my previous life as an investment banker. But most recently, Chris has founded Tenzo, which is disrupting the restaurant industry with award-winning sales forecasting tool. Now, some of our most beloved restaurants among Tenzo's customers, such as Breakfast Club, Gordon's Wine Bar, and many others. But before we dive into our restaurant tech discussion, Chris, what is your fun fact? So uh, we actually ask a, a, a variant of this question to to the team when uh, when someone new joins the team. So we'll, we ask them to share something that's not on their CV, um, and that 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 really reminds me of of this. Um, I, I think what I had shared uh, when the when the team one day turned around and say, "You've asked all of us what our fun facts were. What about yours?" Uh, and, and what I I told them then was about the Hummus Brothers cookbook I published a few years ago, uh, which they found it was hilarious that I I was a, a published cookbook writer. <laughs> But you also have a second uh, fun fact, which we haven't mentioned. You're a fellow podcaster and you have your own podcast called In the Soup, where you interview other restaurateurs. Is that right? Yes, I, we actually started that um, uh, just just before the pandemic. I think just or, well, actually, in line with the pandemic, like I think you have. Um, I've I've not produced as many as you you have. You've uh, you've got way ahead of me on that. But <laughs> it, it's actually it's actually been a lot of fun uh, speaking to fellow restaurateurs, uh, how they you know their career, what they've been doing, and and how they've been coping in in this time. It's uh, been nice to share like ideas and, and ways to, to, to get through this. That's fantastic. And tell us a little bit more about um, Tenzo. Why should we be excited about this new space, restaurant tech, although we try to abbreviate, abbreviate it to rest tech, but we thought it wouldn't catch on. <laughs> yeah, we, didn't, we weren't sure people would get confused yeah. with those snoozing pods. Yeah, um, yeah so uh, to, I'll, I'll tell you a little bit about the, the Tenzo journey to, to, to kind of illustrate um, what we're trying to do here. So um, as you said in the intro there, um, after studying computer science, I went to set up a chain of restaurants called Hummus Brothers. Um, so not the most obvious career path, uh, you know, computer scientist having turned a restaurateur. And what I found uh, when I was running the Hummus Brothers was just how tip, how generally the state of technology for restaurants was pretty bad. I, I remember in the early days, and this was 2005, so not that long ago, uh, we still had a fax machine out in the back room to receive orders. And I was just thinking, how is it that we're working in an industry that still uses faxes to, to receive um, orders? And It, it, as time went by, we started seeing some technology coming in, and in particular, you know, it was Deliveroo and introducing their tablets into the restaurant space. That I think started everyone thinking, you know, maybe there's more that could be done here in terms of technology for restaurants. 
And one specific um, issue I had when I was running Homus Brothers was how hard it was for me to get the data um, that my GMs needed to run the restaurant. So, you know, we were expecting our GMs to make uh, daily and weekly decisions on like, for example, how much food to order in, how much staff to have, uh, you know, if there was a good or bad review to came in to look at that. And what I was actually doing is copying and pasting a lot of that data from various systems, you know, from the till, from the labor scheduler, from the inventory tool, and putting all that into one uh, Excel and, and sharing it to the team so that they could make better decisions. Um, and invariably, I would go around to the branches and ask them, you know, uh, you know, how's this week looking? You know, what do you think about like what happened last week, et cetera? And uh, it, they would they wouldn't have looked at the information um and and often that was because a it was slow to get to them b there was often mistakes when you're copying that much data in an excel it just you know it's quite easy to copy the wrong column over um and c you know opening an excel on a mobile is not exactly a pleasant experience um and that's when i i, I partnered with adam a, a fellow a fellow computer scientist i had studied with who who'd actually gone on to do a lot of analytics at uh, at mckinsey and we really brought our, our, you know, my restaurant experience, his analytics experience, and our common computer science experience to really help solve this problem. And uh, why is this problem important? Is because if you look at how much, so globally, there's 1.6 billion tons of food being wasted uh, per year, and restaurants are responsible for about 600 million tons of that. And the the main reason that they're wasting that much is because people in restaurants that are making decisions on how much food to order in uh, don't have the tools to be able to do that accurately. So they're kind of guessing, if you want, um, and that leads to a lot of wastage. So, so what we're trying to do here is really help them have that tool so that they can make better decisions to reduce that waste. But this is also very pertinent during this pandemic, given what's been happening with the restaurant sector and um, how well how much demand has decreased to virtually zero. And now it's kind of ramping back up. So how have you adapted, um, you know, your current tool or business offering to the new kind of economic reality? Yeah, it's been actually a really challenging time. Um, we, when we started uh, realizing that the governments were going to start asking restaurants to shut to to slow the the pace of the of the pandemic we uh, went to our customers and told them they said we'll give you access to tenso for free for the period during which you have to shut uh, because we want to support you um, and that was very well received actually because i think what a lot of other suppliers and landlords in particular just assumed that the same that that they they just assumed like the agreements they had in place would would stay as they are, which is crazy really when you think about it because a restaurant that is closed and is making no revenue, um, you know can't pay anything. Um, there's actually a, a crazy stat that I saw out of the US that said that on average restaurants have between two and four weeks of um, cash flow in the bank. Uh, so clearly if they close, you know, they're not going to be able to afford anything. And, and, and what that's had, as you said, you know, like things are coming back now um, and all these customers have said, you know, really appreciate you supporting us. Uh, you know, we're happy to be billed again. Uh, and, and they've come back very strongly. Um, and in fact, I think it's, it, it, you know, we've 
what we're seeing is we're actually closing more deals now than before the pandemic because um, restaurants realize now that they're going to need to be more efficient. And um, I think, you know, crises typically are accelerators of of um, of uh, you know trends that are already happening. You know, for example, deliveries in restaurants have been accelerated. I think adoption of tech to make your restaurant more efficient is also has has also accelerated. Uh, and we've actually just closed um, you know the pilot with Nando's uh, Malaysia um, just a couple of weeks ago. So so that's really going in the right direction now. That's that's pretty exciting. Um, and so, how do you see kind of the future of the restaurant sector sector developing um, as we're coming out of the pandemic? So you're obviously seeing increased adoption of tools like Tenso, but does that might does that mean that there might be more competition um, in the market or consolidation in this space? Yeah, it's it's an interesting question because it's actually uh, one I've been asking on, on my podcast to, to these restaurateurs. You know, how how do you see the future now? Like you've gone through this, um, and and so I can give you a little bit of my view, and uh, as long uh, along as their view, you know, the the collective view I'm getting from that. Um, generally, in the restaurants, we're seeing a lot more dark kitchens. Uh, dark kitchens are basically restaurants that don't have an actually. They don't serve customers there. They just are a, a kitchen that delivers only. Uh, so we're seeing a lot more dark kitchen. Um, uh, we're seeing uh, more innovation around products like, for example, Pizza Pilgrims. It's a chain in, in London uh, that does pizzas, obviously. Um, they did this pizza in a pan concept. So they would send you a frying pan with the pizza so, so that you could make your pizza in it with the ingredients and everything. And they've been shipping like between 400 and 600 of these every day during the pandemic. So so be really, really uh, a success story there. Uh, we're, we're also seeing a lot of restaurants trying to sell other experiences, like for example, how to make a cocktail at home, etc. So uh, I think there's a lot of uh, innovation on the restaurant side of how can we help in, uh, you know, how can we adapt to this? Um, and I always remind my customers uh, and anyone I speak to that restaurants did survive the last pandemic and they will survive this one. You know, they will, they, they will come back in a different shape, but they, they will come back. Um, and if you look at Asia and in China in particular, who obviously were the first hit by, by the pandemic, um, they are, there is some consolidation happening that there are more uh, the, the the restaurants first to reopen are the large enterprise ones, the 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 chains, um, and a lot of the small ones haven't yet reopened. And so so that's definitely you know uh, something where we're going to see a lot more small restaurants closing, unfortunately. Um, but and and that's why at Tenso we've been really focusing on like servicing enterprise customers like Nando's, uh, but also customers like Absurd Bird, the Athenian, and Coot who run dark kitchens in the UK. And switching gears slightly onto the career section. Now, you studied computer science at Cambridge, and then you went on to uh, found a restaurant, Homer's Brothers, and to run it for 12 years. How did you go about thinking about that transition, coming up with the idea of like, hey, I'm just going to run a you know, hummus bowl restaurant? <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, it's, it, isn't it obvious? I mean, <laughs> no. So, so um, I, I started uh, Homer's Brothers with a fellow computer scientist, also at Cambridge, uh, Ronan Gibbon, who um, we we would study. So, we did two years of computer science, and in the third year, I switched to economics. Um, and and Ronan decided to follow me in that in that change. And I remember, I always remember us sitting in that first lecture in third year. 
do it is having switched from economic from computer science to economics and just thinking what the hell am i doing i've no idea. i've never studied economics in my life and now i'm doing this uh, the, you know uh, a full year at uh, cambridge in economics and so what, what what that meant is that both ronan and i ended up working very closely that year together uh, we did a lot of our tutorials they put us together because they're just like these two crazy computer scientists are trying this like economics uh, they've no idea what they're doing and um and whenever we'd meet up, we'd eat hummus with whatever there was in the fridge. Um, Ronan's uh, originally from Israel, where you know hummus is is a national dish. Um, and uh, one day we thought, you know what? Like we we worked well together. We should we should try. And people love hummus. Uh, and it's really a food. At that point, we were really seeing it as a. And I still believe it's a food of a future in terms of its vegan it's uh it's healthy it's full of calcium it's full uh, of protein um it's you know it can be a snack it can be a dip it can be you know full meal it's like very versatile and um we wanted to really ultimately create a a, a brand on in in the supermarket and we started as a restaurant which is where really we got started of like seeing the initial idea for Tenzo but uh, that journey of like going from university to to starting a restaurant was probably the hardest thing I ever did like running a restaurant is extremely difficult yeah I can, I can imagine there's so many mo moving parts to it and so with that kind of my follow-on question is what is some the advice that you would give to your younger entrepreneurial self reflecting on that experience Wow, there's so 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 much, you know. I, I think, to, I mean, two things in particular uh, in my mind uh, stand out. I would say, first of all, the 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 people you work with. I think um, working with people who are optimistic, uh, who have grit, a lot of grit, uh, because you know it's 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 hard to run a, a startup. It's, um, it's, uh, you know, and it, you're going to have ups and downs and you need someone who's got, you know, can, can run a, uh, that marathon with you. Uh, it's not a sprint for sure. So, so one is finding the right people. Uh, the other one is, is, uh, funding. And I think the interesting thing on funding and, and, you know, this is always still evolving. I think to, to me, the Holy grail is really finding a way to, to get to a point where the business is self-sustaining and, and you don't actually need to raise uh, more funding because um, it's time consuming. It's expensive. Um, it's not a very efficient uh, process. Um, but, but, you know, often you do need to invest to, to, to get started. And uh, what I've always realized is it it does end up taking more money than you think you actually need so so it's always like a aiming to to raise a little bit more so that you've got uh uh time and uh, uh and extra funds to make mistakes and learn along the way and just to develop that point that you mentioned about surrounding yourself with the right people of course as a founder or founding team you probably know the individuals involved very closely but as you're expanding you also have to hire for different skill sets now when you're thinking about hiring mbas or mid-career uh, professionals with very limited um, startup experience or no prior startup experience how do you go about thinking about that high and how should they be positioning themselves to show you that they've really got that grit and what it takes um, to be successful in, in a company like Tenzo? Yeah, it's a, it's a very good question. And we do, we've, uh, uh, for the past three years, we've hired um, MBAs from LBS and, and uh, in, in each case, we've been 
like so happy and they've added so much to to, to the journey. And um, I, I will say that we do. Um, so when we started our uh, journey with Tenzo, we went through Textiles, which is this um, accelerator, uh, which is an incredible experience. And one thing that they said that really stuck with me was, uh, uh, you know, CEOs should be spending about 20% of their time thinking about hiring. Um, and and by that, what they meant was really just making sure that you're you're you know, interviewing enough, that you're always on the lookout for the next person, the next good individual to be to to be joining the team, um, and and so we do spend a lot of time at Tenso interviewing, having different people on the team speaking to the pr- prospective uh, interviewees, and really like trying to get like a three hundred and sixty degree view, like you know, will will they, how will they fit into the business, uh, and and definitely things that we look out for is, you know, are they are they going to be happy to like get their hands dirty, um, can they take a project off. Uh, like Adam or my plate and like really run with it uh, because ultimately uh, you know we're looking for individuals that can that need a little bit of guidance and then can just hit the ground running and and, and take something forward so that so that it takes uh, something off our plate and we're able to like you know do, you know uh, uh, look at the next thing we should be doing so the more you can show that uh, the, the better it is the, the more you're showing willingness to get in and get your hands dirty the better that's super valuable advice. And um, for our wrap up today, what is your mantra in times of crisis? Uh, my my mantra really in this, especially in this crisis, has really been about clear communication, um, and and I think that's important at all levels. So whether it's to the to our team. Uh, so really to, to reassure them at the beginning, you know, to say, hey, uh, fine, you can work from home. And, you know, obviously uh, the business isn't going anywhere. You know, we, we, we want to get through this all together, uh, whether it's your investors. And I've been doing, you know, weekly calls with our investors to keep them updated on what's happening. Uh, but also to your customers, right, is is reassuring them, uh, sharing advice that might be helpful for them. And, and I think what that has helped us do is really bring everyone along on the journey and making sure that everyone is aware of what's going on and not surprised uh, by anybody. And it's actually gone better than I expected because of that. That's that's a really great takeaway. And Chris, look, it was lovely having you on the podcast, Write It Out at LBS. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. It's been really good to see how uh, how you do the podcast too. It's been a lot of fun. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Being on the other side of the table. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And for those of you that want to hear more from Chris and are particularly interested in the restaurant industry, do head to his podcast called In The Soup. It's super amazing. And thank you all for tuning in to the latest episodes of Write It Out at LPS. And do share on social media. 